And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello out there. I am Eric Corrine from The Athletic. This is Jurassic Pod, where once again, somehow, somehow we have breaking news again. Uh, the... <laughs> I, I, it's not it's not breaking and it's arguably not news, but in Global Jam, in the Super Fan and Friends charity three on three game taking place at Young and Dundas Square on Saturday at two p.m., uh, this game will feature greats like Marinda Iam of the Canadian uh, women's team, longtime national team member, uh, Jamal McGlure. Uh, you know, Yeller on the Raptors staff, as well as assistant coach. Uh, you've got your Max Kermans of uh, of the of Arkells. You've got Carolyn Cameron, uh, the longtime tennis uh, slash uh, Sports Central. I think that's what their show is called. Host. Sorry if it's not. We've also got former host of this podcast, Blake Murphy, is in the charity game. Are you ready for that? Holly McKenzie, welcome. What is your reaction to this breaking news? <laughs> I, uh, I I enjoy this new this new format of you opening with breaking news that you haven't told me about, so I have no idea where you're going. Uh, yeah, uh, am I ready for that? Well, I think I'm a little more ready for it than Blake may be, but I'm looking forward to to seeing that. No, Blake's just going to like put a forearm into Jamal McGlure, and he's not going <laughs> to be able to back him down. If, if, if Jamal has the strength and body frame that I do, that, that's what will happen. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. You you and Jamal, definitely from a distance, definitely um appear to have the same body types and strength. Uh yeah. Uh Global Jam uh started I, I believe today, Tuesday. Today. Um we will talk about that a little bit later on, but uh big things going on since we last talked to you. Uh by which, of course, I'm talking about, uh, you know, Kevin Durant. I have not seen any airplanes being tracked, but shortly before free agency opened on June 30th, uh, multiple reporters, including the Athletics Shams Charania, reported that Kevin Durant went to Joe Tsai, the Brooklyn Nets majority owner, and said, nah, bud, I want out. Um... You, it's important that you also mention he did this the day after Kyrie Irving opted in and said he wanted to finish what he and KD had started. Yeah, I, I had several people ask me <laughs> whether this was a shot at Kyrie by KD. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what's happening here. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I could see how you would, like, if you weren't following the story very, very like, closely, just... that's what you would think. But no, this isn't, this isn't that. Uh, it is a perfect little, uh, little element the to the story. Yes. Um, so Holly, let's rewind all the way back to June 30th at three or four Eastern, whenever this news broke. 
what were your first thoughts after you picked up, uh, you scraped up the brains that ha- had fallen out of your head and onto the floor? Oh, I had, I didn't have thoughts. I just laughed. <laughs> um, and I ju- and I have, I'm still laughing because, oh my goodness, I just. <sighs> We talked about this a week ago and kind of like in jest, like imagine if, well, no, no, you don't have to imagine. Uh, Here we go. Uh, I feel bad for Nets fans because, wow, um, the roller coaster they've been on for the past couple of years, I would not want to um, experience that. But yeah, we need to talk about Kevin. (laughs) Thank you for reading out my uh, rundown headline. Um, yeah, and apparently you mentioned Nets fans, apparently, uh, based on a story written by Joe Varden at The Athletic, uh, Joe Tsai, who I just mentioned, uh, was growing weary of the, uh, Kevin Durant-Kyrie Irving experience, uh, that, Well, it, yeah. it hasn't even been an experience. They've played less games together than... <laughs> I saw this. How many combos? Uh, my favorite <laughs> one was NBA. Vince Carter and Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> Oh wow! My, my favorite was uh, Kelly Oubre and and Steph Curry in the year where both had extending injuries and missed chunks of the season. Yeah, um, best friends. Yeah, it hasn't even been an experience. It's just been a a, a sideshow. <laughs> like it's just been too much. Yeah, too much everything and not enough basketball, which is unfortunate for Brooklyn fans, but. It's content for us, baby, and even from afar, it would be content, but wow, could it potentially be content content? Uh, yeah. Could could yeah. could Kevin Durant be wondering what Saga feels like in the nighttime? <laughs> uh, who doesn't? Um, <laughs> so, the news breaks, uh, the early reports are he's sort of zeroed in on Phoenix <clears throat> with Miami as another sort of interesting spot. And then very quickly, uh, through speculation and reporting, several reporters uh, start listing Toronto as a potential destination. Uh, the Las Vegas odds makers uh, list Toronto as sort of the second most likely Durant uh, destination beyond Phoenix, who, who remains favored last time since the last time I've seen it, that that has remained true uh, for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. Um, And we're going to talk about those reasons. Uh, Obviously, the Raptors, we've talked all year about, and I asked Masai Ujiri specifically, I asked him about sort of how the age timelines are sort of staggered for the Raptors. Mm -hmm. You have Scotty Barnes, who's 20, turning 21, you have OG Ananobi, 25, turning 26. And then you have Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam, who will turn 29 in 2023. And not that that's not doable, but it's just, you know, for your four core pieces, they're not perfectly lined up. But the flip side of that... Fred not being 30 is actually insane. Um, I, I mean, I, I dep- depending on the day you ask him, he might confess that his body feels... 47 uh but fair yeah. but just but also but just his, who among us would would not make his, such a confession his maturity and just like ownership of the locker room and the team is just it's crazy that he's not even 30 but continue yeah. we're old yeah end of story um so the the flip side to uh, this is kind of a strange fit 
is depending on what the Nets are looking for, if you were so inclined to have these discussions, which I think like at the very least are, you know, reasonable minds can vary on what the price should be and what what you're willing to give up. But you owe it to yourself to have the conversation if you have the this number of pieces to move around, players and draft picks. You owe yourself to have the conversation. So having those sort of different timelines allows you to maybe offer a few different things and have a few different options uh, to put on the table for the Nets, which isn't something that most teams who are going to try to have these conversations can say. Like Phoenix, very obviously would have to go and, you know, keep Chris Paul, keep Devin Booker. You're getting rid of your younger guys, whether that's mm-hmm. both, you know, Aiton and Mikel Bridges uh, or one of them and a slew of draft picks. That's the range they're going on. Miami, it has to be built around Tyler Hero um, and a lot more. Um, but you're getting rid of your your draft picks and your 20-year-old, you know, your early 20 to mid-20 pieces. Uh, I could go down and down the list, but the Raptors, you know, to oversimplify maybe, can build a package around Pascal Siakam, or they could build a package around Scotty Barnes. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that is making many fans either get really excited or get really terrified, or both. I say, I say, I think it's Kevin Durant. You can't get one of the best players in the league without giving up uh, a significant player in return. Yeah, but I thought, yeah, I thought John Hollinger laid it out pretty well in his sort of five sort of possible trade destinations for Durant. There are just so many possibilities that the Raptors can put out there Mm -hmm. that that is sort of, you know, beyond the possibility that Vegas has any real inside information, which, you know, they tend to have. I I do remember when the Kawhi Leonard trade went down a few days in advance, the Raptors odds, you know, got better or or whatever, Mm -hmm. however you word that. Um, But this just seems like, yeah, look at all these ways the Raptors could theoretically make a trade work. So, Well, I would also like to just interject for a second. No, no, go on. Today is uh, the one-year anniversary of... The news breaking about Kawhi signing with, or not one year, but however many years it's been, you know, signing my with the Clippers, gone. right? Yes. Uh, how many yeah, years that is would that be now? three years. Yeah, three. <laughs> I said one because, as we've discussed yeah, many no. times, um, the past two years have not existed <clears throat> in 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 my life. So in any of so Holly, but but I think yeah, that on. being the anniversary, it should flip this year, and instead of a free agent choosing to not go to the Raptors. Um, Not a free agent, but I think it should be that Durant decides he wants to come to Toronto and the Brooklyn Nets say, yeah, we want to do that too. Okay. Well, very interesting. You are more into this than I anticipated you being. Um, Oh, I'm not into it at all. But (laughs) I mean, at this point, I just know either the Raptors are not going to get Kevin Durant and... When you think of that in retrospect, uh, like if you think about that two years from now, you're probably going to be like, damn, that would have been incredible. Um, but or they do get him and the Raptors have to like lose players, which, you know, is my least important yeah. thing. So I'm just rooting for like 
action, I guess. Yeah. I, honestly, the, the one, the biggest thing to me, <laughs> this is so dumb. The biggest thing to me, obviously, Kevin Durant on the court is the greatest part of Kevin Durant being on any team. He immediately makes you a championship contender immediately makes those expectations go through the roof. Yes, 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 yes. But has there ever been a better potential pairing than Kevin Durant and Raptors Twitter and Raptors fan base <laughs> and Raptors obsessives? There hasn't been. There hasn't been. In the same way that... I, Durant... I love Twitter Kevin Durant, by the way. Oh, I love he's, him. He's in, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's blows my mind sometimes just how like openly he talks to how the professional he talks media and also that he like um, what was the word i used that this he morning? spends his time engaging with us when he could literally be doing anything anywhere in the world at any time uh it kind of just shows how like we're all connected to our phones and social media and validation and all of those things okay but seriously Kevin Durant wants to be loved. <laughs> Who would love him and adore him more than the Toronto Raptors fan base? Uh, Imagine his online like army. <laughs> the uh, the Twitter oh army of Raptors fans. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to. If this happens, I'm gonna have to write so many stories about that. And uh, like, I don't, it would I don't be, want to do that. <laughs> it would be. We would. We. We genuinely wouldn't would never see something like this. Just think about the way that think about the way that like Raptors Twitter responds when um, someone say maybe Chris Broussard uh, says crazy things about Toronto that you know defy reason. Yeah. I guess uh, think about that and then imagine um, if if uh, KD was playing for the Raptors and needed some backup. Not that he ever needs backup, but I just, I'm sorry, I just, my, my mind just can't, I can't, it like, it just would be an explosion of content. Cool. <laughs> Come on! You, are you disagreeing I, no, with no, me? No, I agree. I'm just scared for what that means for me. <laughs> like, that's, that's what this conversation made dot on me, that I had not, cons like, I knew that, like, like really? I covered, I covered Kawhi, so I, I knew that, like, getting, like, a super-duper A-less superstar makes life more complicated for people like me in a number of ways. Sometimes that's, like, great, and sometimes but Kawhi it's less is also, of, like, the most, like... Yeah, there, there would be less speculation and more uh, just KD, I don't want to say spouting off, but, like, philosophical takes on whatever. Um, Content? Yeah. There would be... <laughs> Um, let's get to uh, your least favorite part of this, because I think that's mm -hmm. what people are interested in. I'm, I'm sorry, Holly, you, you brought up my least favorite part of what could happen. So I have to, I have to bring up Th yours. this just dawning on you uh, as we're having this conversation is really funny to me, but yes. yeah. So I know a lot of people are trying to will this, not that they want to get rid of these players, but they're mm -hmm. like, okay, OG and Gary Trent and Kim Birch and some picks. I'm sorry, um, but like it's Kevin Durant. No, that and that's what I'm saying. Like now, I will say not to slight any other not, players, but I just did like, not think the Raptors would be able to get Kawhi Leonard for what they got for Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. We can agree those mm -hmm. were was a different situation. It was a lower cost <laughs> for any sorts of reasons. I still didn't think that package would have got it done. It did. So I've been wrong about this before. 
But there's but a huge difference if, between like one yeah, year and then Yeah, and then, if this yeah. trade got done without either Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam as the centerpiece going the other way, I would be more shocked than I was at the Kevin Dur- at the Ka- Kawhi Leonard price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sure. making Absolutely. that assumption that one of those guys has to be moved in mm-hmm. order for this trade to happen. Don't ask me, Eric. Holly I'm asking you. You've this been is, pummeling me with questions. No, you, you've just you. been attacked. No, no. You have to answer this question. I'll answer, but I'm curious your answer first. So I think very hesitantly that I would move Pascal Siakam before mm-hmm. I moved Scotty Barnes. And first of all, I think Scotty Barnes has the most, like, independent of this trade, Scotty Barnes has the most trade value on the team. Mm-hmm. But... I can see how the Raptors would maybe, and I don't think this is true, but I could see how they could talk themselves into it being true, that they would maybe rather move Barnes than Siakam, just because with getting Durant, you are opening up a window to compete for a title now, and you want the more experienced, uh, battle-hardened, ready, peak Hmm. player to right. hold on to. And while you certainly hope Scotty Barnes becomes that guy as soon as this year, you know that Pascal Siakam has already been a two or a three. I think we had this conversation on a championship team before. Uh, he's coming off his best year ever. He is an all NBA talent. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have no doubt about what he could provide uh, over an 82 game season. And basically in that role, you have more questions about how quickly Scotty Barnes can get there. But I, I move Scotty. I I'd prefer to move Pascal because a I think Scotty Barnes just keeps the future brighter mm-hmm. for longer, and b Scotty Barnes makes so little money that mm-hmm. you, uh, I mean, not in real world dollars, but in in <laughs> NBA dollars, and when you have to match a forty four million dollar salary in Kevin Durant's. It almost, I say almost because there are ways to to do it, but it almost necessitates moving Mm -hmm. both of OG Ananobi and Gary Trent with him. And all of a sudden you've moved three starters and I I mean, you have Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam and Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that team (laughs) can't win a championship. It can, but you've gotten perilously thin at some spots Mm -hmm. And given the injuries and the depth concerns that we've seen hit all sorts of teams at all sorts of times, the idea of getting rid of three of your top five players to a guy who probably has to be all caps load managed to an extent to get through the season and and be as healthy as possible in the playoffs really worries me in what is a very good Eastern Conference. It's interesting to me that you mentioned or that you used the example of um, keeping Pascal versus Scotty because of uh, playoff experience and all NBA talent. Now Um, you want to have someone who's like experienced going into like a championship um, contending year or expectations, because to me, I actually see that not that I'm saying that's wrong, but I see the opposite side of that, which is when Kawhi was here, Pascal was a second year, second year player, third year, third year, third year, third year player. But like, you know, came kind of came out of nowhere to, you know, have a career high in his first uh, finals game and really just like, you know, was that like perfect compliment to 
Kawhi. So what's to say that Scotty <laughs> wouldn't also flourish um, playing a role like that alongside a player like KD? Yeah. So no, no, for the reasons no, that you nothing just nothing is to say that. By the way, there's, right, there's right. No, like nothing yeah, is guaranteed yeah. anyway, obviously. Um, but for the reason why you said um, you would prefer to move Scotty. Um, I feel like it's the opposite. And then also with that... Well, to be clear, also have... I said I would rather move Pascal, but I was making the case. Oh, I, this was... I was this, making this the case was... for moving You were making Scotty. the argument. Yeah. Okay. Okay, got it. Uh, I would rather move no one, but yeah. um, that's my argument for uh, keeping Scotty. And then as well as that, I also think that like if you are getting a player like Durant and you have this window, because who knows what's going to happen after you know yeah. three years? Because who knows what's going to happen after one year? <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going with my next line. Thank you for being on yeah. the same page as me. Um, it like you then even if that somehow you know does not work or ends disastrously or maybe it ends with championships and still someone decides to leave to go home you know that that could happen happened happened before <laughs> so kevin durant, uh, then kevin you, durant then you... to washington is that what you're saying <laughs> sure why not yeah. uh no no i don't think that'll happen but um yeah then then you still have you would still have scotty barnes uh like you said one of the like highest valued young players in the league right now uh, a reigning uh, rookie of the year who then would have had experience playing in high pressure situations we assume because we assume that any team with Kevin Durant's probably gonna do some things um, and learning from one of the best players in the world so I feel like that would set you up for now but also for what like insurance not insurance that's the wrong word but like what it just it word? just mitigates the downside in the of what could yeah. happen in three years' time. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's you have a really young, promising player. But that being said, like, I just... I obviously do not want this team to move Pascal or OG or Gary. It's just... I hate the thought of, like, taking the identity of the team and, and changing it. I understand that you have to do that if you are bringing in Durant. Yeah. But... And this is... I and this is like the, I mean, this is the conversation that is the same as when Kawhi Leonard was traded to the Raptors. Like, you understood it, but it yeah. doesn't make it any easier to deal with as, as somebody who cares about the people we've mm -hmm. seen grown up as, as both humans and players. Um, and, like, that's, you know, people complain about free agency and how, how much mm -hmm. uh, guys switch teams. And then you have guys, like, you've watched these guys, particularly Van Vliet and Siakam, grow mm -hmm. and morph and take on new roles and go through low points and go through high points and find a way to contribute to winning a championship and finding a way to alter their games to fit into bigger roles. And, I mean, watching that end, it, like, it, it's, that's why they're called transactions. It's it feels, devastating. It feels yeah. very transactional and inhuman, but... That's, and it also it also that's like Masai um, Ujiri's job, unfortunately. Like that that's why he gets paid a lot of money is to try the best he can to I don't want to say remove that, but like give it its proper weight versus um versus the other things he has to consider. Versus being ruled by the heart yeah. like I am. Um 
yeah, uh, I was going to say something and now it's gone. I don't know what we were just um, Well, about. let's go on because we do have other things we have to talk about. But to finish off... The I know, d- but Eric, I'm not ready thinking about this team, this beautiful Raptors team. I- now you have me... Now you have... Oh, also, like, it speaks to the um, caliber of player that KD is that... Um, I think even any player who potentially could be moved for him, they don't have to like it, but they understand it. You know, like yeah, unless yeah. I'm like Giannis, Luca, maybe end of list. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally. I mean, like it. I don't think Steph's getting yeah, moved. Yeah, Steph, for KD, Steph is true. You know? Neither like, is LeBron. But like, uh, like those guys. That that's basically it. Uh, LeBron getting moved for KD would be crazy. I changed my answer. That would be the biggest like social media basketball meltdown. Uh, that's, oh no, yeah, yeah, that yeah, would for sure surpass. Um, KD Has anything like anyway. that ever happened in any sport where like two of the three biggest superstars in the league are just traded for each other? I'm sure it has. Yeah, I'm probably missing. Like, there's so much insanity in sports at all times. Yeah. Remember when the Chris Paul trade was uh, was canceled? Vetoed, yes. Um, yeah i think about that that was a crazy that was a crazy uh yeah it really messed some stuff up um i think it's worthwhile to point out Masai's history in making this type mm-hmm. of trade he's done it twice he's done it with the Kawhi trade and he was on the other th- end of the thing of the trade uh of, of trading a superstar with carmelo anthony in his first but year doesn't it in feel, denver and i have a question for you before you go, yeah, on. go on sorry doesn't it feel like the 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 NBA has changed since both of those deals in that in both of those deals, the situation was different where a player kind of di- like was like at the end of the contract. So obviously a team's going to have less leverage um, in a situation like that. But doesn't it feel like now it almost doesn't matter if a guy has, is, is under contract for three more years, like he can just decide, I don't want to be here. And then you're kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we got to figure this out now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we need to have a philosophical talk about the player empowerment era or whatever, but uh, the best players in the league have figured out that (laughs) they have a lot of power. And, you know, good for them. They should do with it what they want. And if the league doesn't write it, like it, these things can be collectively bargained. I always just wonder, like, how that weighs into, like, when you're talking about Masai's history um, and, like, the moves he's done and, like, things, ways that you would normally, like, expect a GM to moves that you would expect them to make or decisions or choices. You do have to wonder like how much of that is relevant with how different of a situation we're in right now based on player empowerment and things like that. I think you still have to operate as though that isn't the case because you can't control it. You know, like you can't. Yeah. And that's something to look for from Durant, whether, you know, Brooklyn would grant them the ability to talk to him or whether it's through mm-hmm. back channels or whatever. I mean, keeping in mind that, you know, nobody's beholden to keep their word and Kevin Durant can like say, yeah, I'm into it and we'll see where we are in two years or, or whatever. Hey man, aren't um, we all, isn't that all of us? I'm into it. And then in two years, we'll see how yeah, it goes. Um, but I think that's an incumbent. Uh, it's incumbent on, the Raptors mm-hmm. front office to at least do the due diligence that is allowed um, either by the team or through the league. Strict tampering rules, which are never broken. Um, hey, Eric. Yeah. 
We have a tamper, maybe. <laughs> Speaking of back channels, yeah. Commissioner, we have a tamper, uh, maybe, as you said. Uh, the Knicks are being, I guess, investigated for the... So nothing's... <laughs> I, I, I've read this. Fred Katz, in his story, uh, Fred Katz at The Athletic said... So, Subscribe yeah, to The Athletic. Some league... Some people around the league expect there to be some sort of investigation. Nothing has been initiated yet. But when news of the contract breaks before (laughs) 6 o'clock, I mean... And the player's dad is hired by the team. What made me laugh is that a few hours... so, So that was reported. And then a few hours later, ESPN reported that... Jalen Brunson is going to the Knicks with a four-year, $105 million offer from Dallas, or five-year, I should say, $104-$105 million offer from the Mavs in hand, uh, as if this were a serious, like, as if the Mavs had any idea that, uh, any hope that they could still retain him at that point. Right, Uh, right. Just, you know, the ass-backwards attempt to cover tracks, uh, is pretty, is well, pretty they just funny. need to like change the rule, or I don't know. Like it's just it's just silly yeah. to me. Uh, let's that... not. Get, yeah, we are getting off track, and, and okay, uh, no, it's all right. Uh, it is silly. I assume it was I, in I, our I, notes. Yeah, yeah, but like way down there, we're not done the Kevin Durant <laughs> portion of this. Um, okay. I assume they'll lose a second round pick, and everybody will be very sad. Um, so Masai had the Kawhi trade. I think we can say mm-hmm. he did not give up the regular price for a superstar. And he had the mm-hmm. mellow trade. And if you'll recall, he really dragged that one out until he got everything he wanted, which now mm-hmm. looks mild in comparison. But at the time, everything he could from Listen, a, a, the yeah, league. Yeah. And at that point, <laughs> like you pointed out, mellow was going to opt out and likely sign in New York. So to be able to get mm-hmm. what he did, which for the record was a first round pick two second round picks, $3 million and Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Danilo, Danilo Gallinari and Timofey Mozgov, um, which was basically every Mm -hmm. youngish player that the Knicks had that was of any interest at the time, uh, was quite a coup considering there, I mean, the Nets were involved in those trade talks. Uh, all of which is to say when he, when Masai Ujiri has made these trades, he has come out looking really good. So it does mm-hmm. make me wonder, not if he has the stomach, because that's the wrong ter- term, but if he has the interest in paying full freight for what Kevin Durant should, in theory, cost following something like the Rudy Gobert trade. Well, yeah. I mean, each tra- each a- trade is individual, but like Obviously, Kevin Durant yeah. is worth more by any calculation than Rudy Gobert. Um, and that is a big monster trade. And I really like Rudy, but I don't think I would want to hamper myself <laughs> for years to come in in the draft. That's a lot. Yeah, and that's why. I don't want to get too into the weeds of that, but that's why I think if the price is, mm-hmm. whether it's Siakam or whether it's 
uh, barns. God, I just hate thinking of it. Uh, regardless of them. And if it's like all of the possible pick compensation, so like mm-hmm. three flip or three unprotected and two pick swaps, if that's still what the limit is, maybe it's four and two. Uh, they don't have any extra first round picks to trade. I don't think the Raptors end up doing it. I, and I say that because like, they're still fairly young. They don't have the depth of mm-hmm. like experience that they had built out at the time that they made the Kawhi Leonard trade. So there are they also really believe in their scouting and drafting. Yeah, so. and like that—that's what I wrote on uh, on Monday for Tuesday uh, or Monday. It's like this is the primary way that this team builds, and mm-hmm. to trade. Uh, whether no matter who you trade to trade that ability to continue to build that way to mitigate what is a win now move for a 34 year old who is like unquestionably great but also has an injury history that is you know fairly lengthy i think that just i I think that doesn't jive with what the raptors would do if they could bring the price down on those picks to where it's not everything, I think it is doable. So I know that's so like ultimately I predict it doesn't happen. I predict a team get gives more, but I Do you think it'll be the Suns? I mean that would be my prediction right now, yes. Yeah. Where are you with it? Do you do you agree with that? Do you think well, they ultimately I feel would? like I feel like I was very almost in denial like I was like oh this isn't gonna happen but then seeing like the odds kind of change or the the betting uh, I don't know the term the The odds numbers yeah the odds yeah uh and just hearing like people talk about it it kind of hit me that like oh no this is actually a thing like this is a real possibility the Raptors are really there um yeah and and like Michael Grange wrote at Sportsnet uh he wrote that the raptors think they can make the best offer for him that checks out with me they can i mean whether it's the best or not like other teams get to decide but they can make that's they interesting can make though an, even to think they about can that make because an awesome to, offer i have no doubt well to have that to have that statement where they think they would have the best offer means that like you said they've gone through and <laughs> are in conversations about it because like internal to be to... clear internal conversations right yes. right 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 but like you said at the beginning like when it's a player like durant everybody other than maybe the bucks and the the mavs and the warriors with steph um need to inquire or at least you know look at what their own options are um but i <sighs> I don't know. Like uh, to me, when you said when you were when you were talking about previous trades and like what the Raptors would do versus wouldn't do, and you know trading away draft picks isn't what this franchise would do. I never, ever, ever in a million years thought this franchise would willingly trade Demar Derozan, who said he wanted to be in Toronto forever. I never saw that coming. Like I was stunned. Yeah. I mean, we all were surprised, but like. That blew me away, and that was the real, like, oh, yeah, right, it is a business. Everyone is trying to win basketball games, like, beyond everything else. So I don't think that they would want to trade away, you know, their future with draft picks in the same way that you mentioned. But I don't know, man, like... Yeah, I almost think that, like, the full draft picks, the full slate of draft picks and whether they can alter that to a level they're comfortable with 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's silly to say thing. more important, but at least as important as the... Because it gives you control yeah. and flexibility yeah. moving forward, which I think is... Like, we've talked so much about how Masai... Uh, he makes moves and he'll take big swings, but he's very, like, patient. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to do something that he doesn't want to do. I, I think if he doesn't feel comfortable with where it's where it's aligning this team right now in the short term, as well as, like, what they could do, what the plan could be after, then I don't think he'll do it. But, I mean, I don't know what, yeah. I don't know where Brooklyn is. With yeah, so this. basically my my take is, would I be surprised if it happened? No. Like, that's still but, wild which is to that, me that's that a lot, here. but I do not think that the like of all the possibilities, the, the rap him ending up on the Raptors does not seem like the most likely to me. And how much, like, do you, do you still feel like teams usually trade to the other conference, or do you feel like that's just like a myth? Um, not a myth, but like a, an overblown. I think they would. I think it's. Uh, or you mean within the conference? Uh, I mean like, Brooklyn. Like people say, they Brooklyn usually prefer to Brooklyn trade. and Philadelphia just made a huge trade like four months ago. So like, would they prefer yeah. to trade them? <laughs> would they prefer to trade them to the West? Sure, but I don't think that's going to get in the way of them getting the best package from whoever. I really just want. Um... I really just want an anonymous account from a Nets player to talk about the past two years, especially just like the past like three months, like going like. You know, yeah. you you had you had the big three, and then now now you're gonna maybe have none if Kyrie gets his wish to go to L.A. <laughs> yeah. Again, we talked about this a week ago, and here we yeah, are. For- the NBA is incredible. I forgot which of my colleagues tweeted it, but uh, or, or put it in in the Athletic Live blog on day one. Uh, but one of uh, a Brooklyn net texted him uh, something along the lines of it's never boring here <laughs> it, it, it is not um that it is well not. we spent about 37 minutes talking <clears throat> about kevin durant and a lot of other stuff has happened uh so let's go through it in a reasonable quick in a reasonably quick fashion while yeah. still touching on it because as i said it's important it's important chris, so, yeah, Boucher chris Boucher is back chris Boucher, 35 million plus over three years all guaranteed uh thad young uh we, I've heard now different reports about what the final price is going to be. Let's call it 17 over two, uh, but with that second year not very heavily Part, guaranteed. Partially guaranteed, um, yeah. And then, uh, so I think that was, those both happened on Friday. And then on Saturday, mm-hmm. Otto Porter, uh, or was it Sunday? Uh, it was Saturday. I think it, it might have been Sunday. Um, really? I think it was okay. Canada Day. Um, Otto Porter... Uh, gets part of the mid-level exception, uh, which Josh Lewenberg of TSN reported was $12.4 million over two years with a player option. Um, thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I'm just, most of all, I'm really happy that Boucher is back. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that Thad is here too, and I think it'll be really fun to get to see him have a full season with these guys. He was showing some really great chemistry with some of the guys toward the very end of the season in the playoffs. Um, and it sounded like he really wanted to be back in all of his post-year uh, media availabilities and stuff. So I think that is great. Uh, but I really, really wanted Boucher back, and I like the deal for him. I'm happy for him. Um, I'm so I, I'm just... surprised from a team perspective. He got three guaranteed years. I'm really ha- like you. I'm really happy for him because I mean we've mm-hmm. we've talked about his story so much. We don't need to tell it again. But like, I, I mean, just what a what a development that guy has had to this point 
um, to deserve this contract. It's incredible. Yeah. So just above all thrilled for him. Uh, Didn't was quite surprised about the auto news, but hey, sure. Why not? Yeah, I would have liked it more last year that when the, when the Warriors yeah. got about the minimum versus this year. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think that's a fair price. I think he's a he's yeah. a good uh, player. Also, did you see who uh, didn't stay with Golden State? Your boy, I sent you a DM about this very Gary late Payton, at night because I was Gary crushed. Payton second, yes. Yeah. Um, I was wondering Guys. if the Raptors might get on get in on him. Although, like, I'm a bit. I I would be a bit mm-hmm. worried about giving. I love. I love Peyton, but like somebody with one very good, but just one NBA season, uh, nah, that amount of money, no but it's only two years. And uh, again, good for him. Cause as we've talked about, he was about to apply to be a video coordinator, uh, <laughs> like fewer than 12 months ago. And now he got 18. What was it? 18 Freaking million. Wild, man. Uh, just absolutely yeah. wild. Um, and awesome. Uh, but I think Porter, like, and especially knowing you have like you have Thad Young, you have Chris Boucher, you have mm-hmm. OG Pascal, Precious, uh, Scotty, you have all these you know similar shaped players to where like Otto. Po- I-, I talked about it with Anthony Slater of the Athletic in a back and forth. Like Otto Porter needs to be watched throughout an eighty-two game season uh, because mm-hmm. of his foot and hip injuries, and the Raptors have the depth at in his you know, sort of slot that they can do that. Um, like they don't need him for 82 games. And I think given what he brings, like like his shooting is, is so much more reliable than so many of the players I just listed that right. being able to get that, but not feel like you have to have it every night. Like that's a fair mm-hmm. price and a really good ad that both fits what mm-hmm. the Raptors want to do, but gives an extra element that they needed. Yeah, well, he slides in so easily. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So right now, if you look at the depth chart, they have 12 guaranteed players for about, uh, there are different numbers out there. I have it at about $138 million, which is about $12 million under the luxury tax threshold. Some people I, I know have more than $138 million. Uh, so the 12 guaranteed players at guard, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent, uh, Malachi Flynn at, you know, all these guys are between 6'6 six, six and 6'9. Six, <laughs> uh, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, Thad Young, Otto Porter Jr., and Svi Mikhailuk. And at center, Kem Birch, Precious Achua, Ron Harper Jr., two-way. Uh, so that leaves one two-way spot and three spots to be guaranteed, fully guaranteed on the roster if they so choose. And among mm-hmm. those who will be in Las Vegas on the Summer League team and among those who will compete for those spots, and that does not preclude them from signing somebody else to pr- compete for those slots or to give a guaranteed contract, but uh, the guys who do ha- who are presumed to be in camp and uh, <coughs> uh, will, in Christian Coloco's case, yet to be signed, but will be signed to something. Uh, Christian Coloco, Delano Banton, who just got guaranteed for an extra $150,000 yesterday, so good for him. Justin mm-hmm. Champagny, David Johnson, Armani Brooks, and as I said, all those guys in Summer League, as is old friend DJ Wilson um, will be on the Summer League. Yeah, that's League the good day. news of Summer League. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have an inquiry in on the bad news, uh, but nothing to report as of yet. Uh, Rodion's Kurix is on the Raptors Summer League team for some reason. 
Uh, he pled guilty uh, to I forget now what the uh, what he ended up pleading guilty to. I should find that. Uh, just so I don't get my wording wrong. Wouldn't want to get the wording wrong, Holly. Just want the facts here. Mm-hmm. Uh, facts aren't good. Um, so he pled guilty to disorderly conduct, a non-criminal violation in New York City. I'm reading word for word from the athletic story at the time. Uh, so nobody get it, gets it confused. Uh, after previously facing allegations, he had uh, that he had assaulted his girlfriend in 2019. Part of the conditional discharge from uh, the ruling was a 16-week domestic uh, was completing a 16-week domestic violence program. So, as I said, I've inquired about that um, from a personal point of view. I'm surprised that the Raptors are using a spot on the summer league roster for him. I was excited to see DJ Wilson on the list because I really liked uh, seeing him during, I think he had two 10 days. Was there a third maybe? I don't even know if there were 10 days. Wasn't one, one was, like uh, a what, yeah. hardship exemption? I think he had two 10 days before. Yeah. So before, three separate uh, stints. Brooks, Armani Brooks took his But work. he just had such bad luck during his time when he was here. Like he got sick <laughs> immediately after returning and then he had an injury immediately after coming back a second time so um i feel like he fits in well and i just i really like him as a player he seems like a really fun guy and uh i was happy to see him on their summer league roster uh also really happy for delano to get the guaranteed money that you mentioned um but wow i i hope we're gonna see delano next year I would bet that he is on the Raptors roster next year. Um, Mm -hmm. I would also bet that Justin Champagny gets a guaranteed contract. But I I think, you know, from a Raptors point of view, it is smart to to let as much of this process play out and and turn Mm -hmm. it into an honest competition. Uh, Because, you know, you can help them grow in the summers, but part of that, uh, players, not them, um, but... Part of that is see how they handle their own business in the summer and how they come to something like Summer League and how they grow from there. So you might as well get as much information as you can um, mm-hmm. in making those decisions. Uh, as I've written both... Bo- Are you going to Summer League? Uh, yeah, I leave on Thursday. Uh, I'll only see one Raptors game. Uh, that would be the first one on Philadelphia against Philadelphia, 3.30 Eastern uh, from Vegas. Uh, on Saturday. On Saturday, yes. Um, that's fun uh, yeah I'm excited it'll be good to see some colleagues I haven't seen in a long time and uh, Mm -hmm. good to be to enjoy the beautiful weather of Las Vegas (laughs) that you love nothing like a summer in Vegas that July melt into a puddle it's (laughs) I I do like summer league it's fun to wander around and see faces in odd in odd settings um Mm -hmm. and 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 I think we'll probably do a podcast to talk about what we've seen after that uh and obviously any we may have breaking news Eric oh no right now not oh, okay. Not, I yeah. meant for you to do your intro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we'll, we'll definitely have breaking news. I can guarantee it. Um, <laughs> quickly around the league, because uh, we still have a, another segment to get to. Uh, we talked about Brunson. I I had some fun with your favorite move. I had some fun with Nick's Twitter. Nick's Twitter got mad at me. Um, God, I, you said that and I heard it as Nick 
Twitter, like Nick Nurse's Twitter yeah, or like yeah. Nick someone's Nick Swisher, Twitter. former and I was New York like, Yankee he... and bro who was in the Russell Martin video um, for his retirement. Um, so I, I was maybe too harsh on that move originally. I still have questions. The yeah, I still have questions about what the Knicks are doing big picture. Um, but that signing on its own is more or less fine to me. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about the Gobert trade. I thought it was way, way, way too much for him. I think Minnesota is going to be pretty good. Um, but uh, I just think it that's it's a, it's lot. a lot for a trade that I don't think makes them a championship contender. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same thing about uh, DeJounte Murray to Atlanta, although I like that trade better. Yeah, I'm very um, interested just in that. because I think, you know, perimeter players and good defenders on the perimeter mm-hmm. have a bit more utility at that highest level. So while I don't think Atlanta is there and I, and I think like that's a bit much for them to give up because it doesn't get you right to championship contention, I get it a bit more. I, I don't I, I'm closer to neutral to pro. I'm closer to neutral than I am to negative on that move. I am negative mm-hmm. on the Gobert move from Minnesota's perspective, while still being excited to see what it, how it makes them look. And I think they'll be a good team. I really like the Kyle Anderson uh, pickup for them as well. Slow mo. Yeah, I was really surprised. Uh, I thought that like when uh, that when sort of the MLE was dragging out and the Raptors hadn't spent it on Otto Porter yet, I was wondering if maybe he would be have been a, a Raptors target yeah. he got close to the full mid-level closer than uh, Otto Porter got so Eric tell me your favorite move. Uh, Boston getting Malcolm Brogdon for <laughs> a for Daniel Tice uh who am you I, hate to see and a it first rounder and I'm missing one of their prospects was it Neesmith or was it I I, I actually okay um <laughs> they I, I know Brogdon has an injury history Oh, he's so good, though. I mean, to have him and Marcus Smart and And Derek White as complementary pieces to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like that quintet of perimeter-based players is really freaking good. And I think all things being equal, I probably would have put Milwaukee as slight favorites ahead of Boston in the East going into the season, just assuming full health. I think Mm. they're like one and one a right now for me. And I might have Boston a bit ahead, to be honest. Uh, You hate to see it if you're a Raptors fan that uh, despairs at, at Celtics success because yeah, it's a great move. Um, Brockton's really freaking good and really freaking smart. Uh, my my favorite move uh, was Joe Ingles to Milwaukee. <laughs> that's sort of why that's I love sort it. Of why I put it in the rundown, just because I thought you would like it. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah, yeah no, I <laughs> I, uh, I I loved it for them. I mean, obviously he's coming off of yeah, an injury, probably won't so be ready till midseason. Uh, but, but but you're hey, the box, that's so all, who cares? That's all we need. Uh, I love it. I love him. I love it. I am really excited to see him in the playoffs with Milwaukee. And yeah, that was my favorite move. So I really far. like what Philly did too. Um, 
uh, getting Melton, which we discussed last weekend. Mm-hmm. PJ Tucker while paying him until he's 41 uh, isn't my favorite <laughs> thing. I do love having PJ Tucker on a roster in general. Uh, and having a 41-year-old PJ Tucker getting paid yeah, yeah, yeah. is no, awesome There are worse, allo- there are worse allocations of billionaire old. money, for sure. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I think so much of their ceiling will be defined by both what James Harden looks mm-hmm. like uh, in a sort of downside proposition and as an upside proposition, what Tyrese Maxey looks like. Um, so I don't think those moves really change it, but I like what they did to fortify those two biggest mm-hmm. sort of variables for them. Uh, yeah, so I have Raptors, like, like to... to close out this discussion i would say that as of now the raptors haven't moved uh, like i have boston and milwaukee clearly as the top two i have philadelphia and miami as like the clear top two threats to maybe get past one of those two teams and then i have the raptors probably leading a group of four with atlanta cleveland and chicago um as the next best teams. Uh, But I think I would have the Raptors at the top of that group. And maybe I would say along with, I think Cleveland and Atlanta both have that sort of upside potential more so than Chicago. Um, Where would you have the Raptors if we had breaking news that a trade had happened? Well, tell me who's going the other way. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, either option. I I, I think they would probably have the third most championship equity if that makes after sense. milwaukee and boston uh, yes um and depending on who went where who went to brooklyn or to another t- trip another team in a bigger trade uh they could be alongside those teams but i think mm-hmm. thinking about like the most basic potential Outlets, I would probably have them third, not quite at Boston and Milwaukee level. Uh, Milwaukee level, um, but closer to them than Miami and Philadelphia. Maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Before we go, we should talk about Canada basketballs. Uh, It's been a big week. It continues to be a big week. Mm -hmm. Uh, A bunch of events going on. But first of all, uh, let's talk about the senior men's national team. Uh, They finish their first round of qualifying for the uh, FIBA World Cup. Still used to calling it the World Championships, but it's the (laughs) World Cup. Uh, Going to perfect 6-0, finishing uh, on Friday in Hamilton with a 95-75 win over the Dominican Republic. And in uh, St. Thomas, uh, the Virgin Islands, an assignment I did not receive, uh, I-, I was waiting to be called to go cover that game. Didn't happen. Uh, they won 113 to 67. Canada, of the 16 teams that were in this group of qualifying, or, or the stage of qualifying, I should say, the only team to go 6-0. and uh, And I think the biggest story we have to talk about is in his first two Game the, his first two games uh, as a member of the senior team. <clears throat> Shay go, goes, let me do some quick math here, which is my specialty. 22 for 35 uh, <laughs> for what's 32 plus 20? 56 points 
in in two massive games. Yeah, I was at the game in Hamilton. He absolutely took over, scoring 16 points in the third. Uh, what do, what was it like for you to watch Shea Gilchrist Alexander oh, as, as a member of this team? Listen, we knew, like, I knew that it was going to happen. Uh, I I knew that he sounded really excited about being part of the team and signing on for this three year commitment. Um, that the team is asking of the players on the senior men's team. So it wasn't a surprise, but it was so much cooler than like I, like I was more emotional than I thought I would be. It was awesome. It was awesome that the, his first game was in Hamilton. It was awesome that there actually got to be like a full crowd. The The crowd cheered for everyone, but the ovation he got during the intros was so cool. And it was especially cool to hear him after the game say like, everything I could have hoped that this game was, it was, you know, like the people in the stands, they've, they've watched me on my journey, like from the beginning to now, that was freaking cool. Um, I know that like you were, you and I were both freaking out uh, over his stretch in the, in the third, when it was like block, pull up, sprint back, get the charge, hit three threes in, in a row in the third. Like he just took over that game um he had 16 points in the first half and then another 16 points in the third he was just so awesome and it really makes you think oh yeah right this guy's a freaking great player yeah that that third quarter was absolutely some like not to diminish any of the other players but it's like when you're watching a house league game and then there's like one kid who's bigger and better than everybody else. Now, obviously, Shea's not bigger than everybody else, but he, mm-hmm. he was just on an entirely different level uh, from a bunch of very good basketball players. Um, uh, yeah, it was yeah. worth noting, uh, other than Shea, uh, his cousin, Nikhail Alexander-Walker, is their first time playing since high school together. Uh, he had 10 assists over two games, uh, was sort of that second scorer, uh, in, in, at least in the first game. Uh, Kelly Olenek was doing uh, Kelly Olenek things. Uh, <laughs> and, and The FIBA game yeah. loves yeah. Kelly Olenek. <laughs> uh, he hasn't had the moment. Like, like our, in, in uh, the game we shall never talk about again, but we always end oh, up talking no. about again. Oh, no. Uh, the loss <laughs> to Venezuela and Mexico in Mexico that kept them out of the 2016 Olympics. Like he, he looked like Canadian Scola. Like he was, he was so <laughs> close to that. And then the damn Coors Light decal. Uh, I can't remember actually if it was like the tournament logo decal or the Coors Light decal decal that caused him to slip and have one of a number of turnovers he had that game. Uh, but he, he like, FIBA, yeah, is a very good place for a multi-skilled, talented, passing big mm-hmm. man uh, and soft mm-hmm. sh- soft touch. Uh, a big man with a soft touch like him. Uh, and, and then, like, from... Not from the NBA, uh, two names I just wanted to bring up. Cassius Robertson, eight threes yes. in uh, the game against the Virgin Islands. Four in the fourth quarter. He just... Like, they, they let him, left him open, and he just kept making them pay. He was really yeah. awesome. Cassius, more like cash Yeah, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, and it still was bad. Uh, thanks, Dad. And uh, Kyle Alexander <laughs> was also, like, a really good defensive mm-hmm. force and, and also a force on the offensive glass in that first game. Uh, I thought they were... They both had, you know, standout roles within uh, the bigger context there. 
Uh, yeah, Kyle's been really good for them um, through this first kind of phase of group play. Um, earlier this year, he said some really, really great uh, performances where, you know, you might look at the stats and they don't like jump out at you. But when you're watching the game, he definitely his presence inside and just his ability to like tap the ball out or get rebounds or offensive rebounds and putbacks like he really makes a good difference for them. One other name that um, since we're just throwing names out there, it was really nice to see Melvin Edgem um, in a Canada uniform because he hasn't been able to play with them um, in recent games because of some personal issues. So it was really, really, really wonderful to get to see him out there because he has been with this program for such a long time and he has always shown up when um, whenever he's been asked. Yeah, and so I think that certainly him. reflected on him being part of the core group of 14 players mm-hmm. Uh is how important and how good he's been at this level. He got bitten by the uh, foul bug a bit in the first game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Didn't get much time because of that. Uh, I think that's the only thing that Shea, like the only adjustment period for Shea is getting used to the FIBA whistle. (laughs) Because he was in the second game too. I think he picked up three fouls in the first, in the first half. And like after the third one, he just like it panned to him in his face. He had like both of his hands up, just like as though to say, how is that a foul? And it was like, yeah, in FIBA. <laughs> in FIBA, they're all fouls. Kind of interesting thing. interpretation. So uh, before we get on to the rest of what's happening in Canada basketball this week, I want to run down what's next for the Canadian mm-hmm. uh, men's team here. Uh, so as I mentioned, there are 16 teams in this stage of qualifying, 12 advanced to the next one with those records and point differential carrying on. So Canada being 6-0, the only team 6-0, that's going to go a long way in helping them qualify for the the World Cup. So they are now in a group with Argentina and Venezuela, who are 5-1, the Dominican Mm -hmm. Republic, who are 4-2, Panama 2-4, and and the Bahamas 2-4. And the top three teams in the two groups will qualify for the World Cup, and then the next best fourth, uh, the best, sorry, there are only two of them, the best fourth place finisher in those two groups, uh, of those two groups, also advances to make it a total of seven teams from the Americas. Canada will have a pair of games coming up in August in which we can expect a few NBAers, or or Mm -hmm. I I believe we don't have rosters uh, for that yet. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a few more, maybe a few different NBAers participate. One game, as I said, or I don't know if I've said it, in Victoria. Uh, and in that window, they will play, uh, let me see here in my notes, Argentina and Panama. And the other team that they will play uh, along this way is Venezuela. So two games against Argentina, Panama, and Venezuela overall. Windows in August, November, and February. It's totally possible that by the end of this August window, they will have qualified uh, for the World Cup. If not, uh, definitely a chance to do it in the next window. They're in great shape, uh, is mm-hmm. is the bottom mm-hmm. line. And uh, obviously can't wait to see uh, more faces, more familiar faces, and guys make a name uh, or, or show themselves uh, and what they can do uh, in, a, in a different context. Uh, it's exciting stuff. And they're doing really well. Uh, Holly, yeah. what else is going on in the Canada basketball world this, uh, this <laughs> week? What isn't going on? Uh, last week we had the three-on-three uh, World Cup that we talked about. Uh, the women uh, had a silver, brought, came home with a silver medal. Uh, this week, they're, in addition to uh, the senior men's, Global Jam is going on all week. Uh, play started today. 
Um, there's going to be games all day, but if you're really only able to, you know, catch the Canadians or that's who you're focused on, the women will play each night at 6 p.m. and the men, Canadian women will play each night at 6 p.m. and the Canadian men will play each night at 9 p.m. Uh, all the games are on Sportsnet Canada, not Canada, every game happening is on sports and that's so you can definitely tune into those um also going on this week the under 17 men's um world cup qualifiers is happening this week it's underway and then at the end of this week overlapping with global jam overlapping with the u17 men's is the u17 women's tournament um yeah so there's just there's a ton of Canada basketball things happening and yeah, it doesn't really stop. We've got the games in um, August and then the women's world cup in end of August, beginning of September. So Woo. yeah, um, it's a lot. Much to my uh, slight disappointment, I, I uh, but I won't be able to cover much this week because I'm off to Vegas as we discussed. Um, yeah. Summer league time for me. So Holly, you will you will have some stuff up on basketball.ca, I think, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. about that uh, and at Sportsnet. Uh, and most importantly, next week, <clears throat> we need a full breakdown of Blake Murphy's performance uh, <laughs> on the 3-on-3 three three, uh, celebrity. I, I, I don't actually think it's called a celebrity game. I think it's called a charity game. It would be funnier if it were called a celebrity game, though. It would be it would be great. Uh, I really needed to just mention this, not to bring it back to KD, because we definitely have talked about him enough. But I don't know if you saw Vivek Jacobs' tweet, but he tweeted a clip of Woj on, you know, ESPN that just, uh, the quote basically was, Woj says the Raptors still represent the least complicated trade option for Brooklyn and are staying involved in the KD conversations, but the Nets are in no rush. Well, Brooklyn, we, not to like rush you, but we would love to have breaking news either way next week. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, And... And just to bring it back to the beginning of our conversation, uh, <laughs> I think that checks out because what we mostly discussed mm-hmm. is how many different types of packages the Raptors can offer without bu- options, without baby. really needing help from elsewhere. And and you can see how Phoenix, based on DeAndre Ayton's uh, mm-hmm. sign and trade, the cap, uh, the sorry sorry the um oh my god the the apron the, the that comes into play in certain scenarios uh how Aiton might have a base year compensation which I don't have enough hours in the day to teach reteach myself and then explain to everybody here uh there are a bunch of complicating factors that just aren't as complicated in a Raptors mm-hmm. uh, scenario, but obviously this is a defining, another defining moment for the Brooklyn Nets, and they can't afford to complete anything but the best available trade uh, for themselves. So lamentably, they are not on my clock or your clock. Uh, and if it eats into August, I'm going to ver- <laughs> just just dive into a pit of despair. Quick question. Do you think that Kyrie will be a Laker or? I think he's going to go to the Lakers. Uh, Yeah, that'd be my guess. Um, So how about you? Any thoughts? Catch me in the corner laughing forever if if that happens, because it's just too perfect. The NBA is, there is no show like the NBA. Uh, Yeah, it it is uh, (laughs) better than scripted drama. Uh, or most scripted dramas, not all. Um, 
Holly, <laughs> I'm going to Summer League. I'm going to Vegas. I'll put... Have fun. Enjoy the heat. Can't wait to check yeah. in. Maybe we'll have to do an emergency breaking news uh, call. Better pack your mic. Yeah, no, that'd be... I mean, it beat the... It, you it, better. It would beat this dragging into August is what it would be. <laughs> so, like, I guess if those are the two options, that's what I'm hoping for, Holly. <laughs> uh, as always... Thank you, Holly, for joining me. It's always a pleasure, really. Thank you, Eric. Have fun on your trips and travels. Thank you to everybody for listening. And we will catch you either after Summer League or before then. For (laughs) any number of reasons, but basically one big reason. Until then, everybody keep safe. See ya! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.